Um, all right, you start this because I, I don't know. I don't know how to start it. What do you want from me? I'm not at my best this morning. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Morning came early. Left the hotel around 8. Back in Sanford by 8.45. The dogs losing their minds to see us. So we went to the North Carolina Press Association banquet last night. And it was the first time we've gone as the rant because we just joined the North Carolina Press Association this past year. And um, this was the first year we entered any of our publication and any of our stories online in the uh, North Carolina Press Association contest. So we won a few awards and we'll talk about that. But this was the first time that we went to the banquet, which is a gathering of pretty much every journalist from across the state. Um, They do it once a year and it was in Raleigh this year. And uh, first time we've done this, for, for me, it's the first time since 2011. And you were with us. You weren't at the yeah. Herald at the time, but you were with us in 2011 for that because you were part of our uh, hurricane coverage that year. Tornado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a tornado, wasn't it? <laughs> you were part of our tornado coverage. I'm sure we had a hurricane, too. Um, <clears throat> so, but yeah, first time we went as a rant. And, I, you know, we'll talk about all that. But uh, you started talking about the fact that morning came early for you. I left... I left at about, uh, oh, what, 9.30, 10 o'clock last night when the banquet was over. We hung out a little bit and we talked to a few people and some people we knew. And then uh, you and your wife stayed up there last night. And I'll preface this by saying they had an open bar last night. So did you guys do that after the banquet? Well, the Not bar was the bar part, yeah. just the bar part. <laughs> Yeah, we just hung around the hotel bar and talked to people and chatted with some of our colleagues. We got to talk to some people from the Fayetteville Observer that I knew a little bit, and they were familiar with our work, which is nice to hear. Fayetteville? They've heard of us? What? Yep. All right. So what did they say? Keep up the good work? Uh, they said they hated our guts and that we were our, 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 our ingenious model was destroying their industry. Okay makes sense no they said no such thing they were complimentary of the rant and we got into a discussion about how crazy lee county politics can be yeah so yeah um that was last night and uh for both of us it was uh, 11 years since we've gone to this thing and um i went to it uh kind of with a mindset that um i wanted to see what has changed since 11 years in journalism and I'm either sad to report or I'm happy to report that absolutely nothing has changed. It was, uh, it was the exact same event that I remember from 11 years ago. And it was much of the exact same people. Um, if it wasn't the exact same person, then it was just younger versions of the exact same people. And it was comforting because I was in journalism for a while before I got out of it. And it was something that I really liked being a part of. I like the people who are part of it. They're quirky. They're, um, you know, they're very dedicated to their jobs. They're not, uh, um, I don't know what the word is. 
without making it sound like I'm saying something bad because I'm not saying anything bad. These, these are great people. These are, these are my people. So I was happy that it felt very much the same because in the last 11 years, uh, news, the newspaper industry has, you know, gone pretty much nosedive in terms of circulation and the number of people that they can employ. And I think uh, this was held in a banquet room at the, at the Hilton in North Hills, Raleigh last night. And I think uh, Jonathan Owens was telling us, or somebody was telling us that they used to do this in the Dean Dome. And I remember one year they did it on the campus of UNC in Chapel Hill. And there were, you know, I would say 75%, maybe 50% more people at the event 11 years ago. So the numbers have certainly dwindled, but it was still a pretty good crowd. Yeah, it was a full banquet room. So lots of awards given out and it was fun. Do you want to talk about the awards that the rant won, William? I don't have the list in front of me, but I'll go from memory here. We won the big one, I think, is we won a first place for community coverage. And if I remember correctly, that that category looked at either a full month or a full two months of our coverage. And it took into account um, not only our writing and you know our, our stories and everything, but just the scope and the breadth in which we covered our community. And I think in, in the examples and the entries that we turned in, we were able to show that not only did we cover breaking news and did we cover politics and meetings, but we also covered a lot of arts and entertainment. We covered some sports. We had quirky features. We had, uh, um, you know, columns and we had photo galleries and things like that. And it was kind of just a general, how do you fit into your community and in our category, which we were in the online category, even though we do publish a printed product, um, we are mostly online. So we went up against a lot of online publications and these online publications are really good. Like uh, North Carolina policy watch. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but our, uh, friend, our friend, Billy balls, Cardinal and pine. Yes, and they they won several awards. Um, it's a it's a lot of publications that have popped up in the last five or ten years. It's a lot of publications that consist of journalists who used to be in the printed industry, who've gone on to like us um, start their own thing or uh, or just have a different approach. Maybe they they stopped printed publications and they just went to online only. And a lot of them are focused on a certain, uh, you know, niche, uh, niche reporting, whether it's politics, whether it's simply arts and entertainment. We kind of do a little bit of everything, but a lot of these publications focus on um, like one particular thing. And so um, these are really talented journalists. And the fact that uh, we were able to come away last night with six awards, I was I was pretty happy with that, especially after seeing who we were up against and meeting some of these people. So, um, so that was pretty cool. And so the community coverage, that was the big one. We won, uh, um, this was mostly your, your story. I contributed with kind of a little history sidebar to it, but whenever the Sanford spinners returned, you did a big piece on, on their return. And, and I did a, a side story on the history of the spinners 
and that won a, a first place, I think, for sports coverage. Uh, we won sports enterprise writing for um, our story on the Sanford Soccer League and the uh, and their kind of club league that's full of hardworking adults with full-time jobs. Uh, we won for headline writing. We won for, I won something for column writing. And I know there's something else in there I'm missing. I don't know if I just named off five or six, but, but, you know, nice little, nice little, uh, um, I guess diversity in our, in our awards. We didn't just win for one specific thing. We, we won for several things and, uh, it kind of, I think, motivated me a little bit as these things usually do uh to to do better and to maybe get some more of these in the future um these are judged by colleagues these are judged by journal out-of-state journalists who do the same things we do and some of their write-ups and what we did were really nice and just uh yeah it, it it was a nice fun positive night and what made it even better and i'll let you maybe speak to this a little bit more was that uh you know, we didn't come into this thing as um, as uh, underpaid, overworked journalists working for the man. We came into this as owners of our own publication, and that made it even more special. Yeah, that's that's a big thing for me. I we won these working at the Herald, and you've won them at other papers before you were at the Herald. And don't get me wrong, it's it's really nice because you're working in daily print journalism. You're probably working for somebody else, and probably not making a whole lot of money. So it's nice to get recognized. Um, but it does feel different when it's a thing that you've been a part of, of building from really nothing and to, to get back into that world and, and, um, and kind of see that, you know, you still got it. You don't need to, you don't necessarily need to work for, you know, a, a name or a legacy paper for people to recognize that your work is great quality and deserves to be recognized i I appreciate it not only uh, i mean think about it though i i think when i look back at the blur of three years ago when we decided to to start a a printed version of this um and put more time into it it seemed like it seemed like a pretty obvious step for us and it seemed like um when we decided finally decided to get the ball rolling. I think it took us a couple months to, to, you know, come up with a template, find a printer, um, start the LLC and a couple other things we had to do. But in retrospect, I look back on it, Gordon, and I think uh, it, it wasn't that difficult to start it for us because we had already had this site going. We had already had this background and starting the publication wasn't as difficult as we thought it would be. But then you look back at it and, uh, and and just thinking about it, these are this isn't easy to do. This isn't easy to just start a a news site or to start a news publication. This isn't easy to start your own radio station or to launch a TV station. Um, there's a lot that goes into that, and I guess because it was a several a couple years process and building to what we built to. And then a several month process and actually getting it launched, it didn't feel like it was as difficult. But I guess in retrospect, it seems like it's kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is. It's just kind of um, amazing, I guess, that we <laughs> that we did end up starting it. And 
you know, you go back to when, when we were working at the Herald or when we were um, in, you know, there was always the talk, well, well, shoot, we should just start our own paper. We'll pay people better. We'll do this and that. We'll do this and that. And, um, you know, back then, how the hell are you going to start your own paper? What, what do you even do to do that? And so we've done it. And uh, this last night was kind of a, I don't know, it was kind of a, what's the word, Gordon, where you, uh, um, it kind of made it all seem like it was worth it a little bit. I, I don't know. It was validating. <laughs> I think it validated it, validated it a little bit for me. Um, just, uh, you know, we came away with six awards and in our category, that was kind of, you know, we weren't, it wasn't the most, it wasn't the least, it was kind of in the middle. And, uh, you know, it, it made me, not only did it validate what we did, but it, I'm just a very competitive person in nature and I want to be the best at what we do. And so it kind of just made me think, well, shoot, we can win more of these next year. We can, we can, you know, be the, the top of what we do. And it showed me that we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. And that's pretty cool. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's a good feeling to know that, um, that you've, you've done something, but that there's still a lot of room for improvement. You know, I, we've over the years had some detractors and I think most of it has to do with our political coverage, but you know, we've been referred to as fake. And I think most of that is in the, uh, the Donald Trump sense of, of fake news, fake newspaper. But I think it also was used in a way that who the hell are these guys, you know, where they come from? This isn't, this isn't a real newspaper. This is just something. And well, we're members. We got accepted for membership into the Press Association, and people who do what we do looked at it and decided it wasn't fake. In fact, it was enough to earn some recognition. Yeah. So, not fake. Not fake. You said a couple of people, like from Fayetteville, uh, told you last night that uh, yeah, they'd heard of us, and and uh, you guys do good work. Uh, but we did meet a lot of people last night when, when they, you know, we had to wear these name tags that had our names and our publication on it. So they would look at our pub, our name and then they would see underneath it, the rant. And I got more than a handful of uh, the rant. What's that? And, you know, going back, it's a name we chose because that was the name of our radio show. And in retrospect, it's probably not the ideal name for a newspaper because to rant has this this definition of to speak incoherently and talk and, and uh, say a lot of things without making a point. But it's kind of funny because it's, I think it's the opposite of what we do. We, we, we are not a, a paper or a news site that uh, is angry in nature. You know, we, I think uh, share, do share a lot of good news and, and we, um, when we do approach certain subjects, we put a lot of research into it and a lot of time and effort into it. So it's kind of like what we do is the exact opposite of what our name is. But the name is because that's how people knew us from the radio show and from the podcast that we had and when we started the site. So that was kind of interesting to have to explain to people um, what the rant was and uh, and. What's also interesting about that is the model by which we're doing it is uh, something that a lot of people are interested in because, again, daily newspapers are struggling. They are, um, they are especially struggling if they're owned by larger 
conglomerates, uh, media companies. And to hear that this is a locally owned startup that is doing well, um, a lot of people were interested in it. And we met some people last night who have done similar things. And so it's kind of this shift, I think, in, in journalism. And um, some will argue journalism has become too one-sided. Like either you have a conservative site, you have a liberal site, and there's no in between. But it's, um, I think there are a lot of people that still believe in balanced coverage, fair coverage, and that are trying to do it on, on themselves. And uh, we saw a couple examples of that last night. Yeah, there are more people who are doing what what we seem to be doing or, or similar things. And um, we met some folks from Triad City Beat up in Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point, and uh, they were they were complimentary. Of, they weren't familiar with our work beforehand, but they were complimentary on finding out who we were and what we were doing. And that's just, you know, it's, it's good to meet new people and it's good to have those connections. Those are some people I'm going to reach out to. I don't know, you know, if there's any effort to, or any opportunity to, to share content or anything like that, them being further away from us. But at the same time, it's, it's good to know people who are doing the business in a similar way because, you know, you can bounce ideas off each other or try things out or, look at what they're doing or they can look at what you're doing and, and get different ideas. So I was excited for that. Well, congratulations, sir. I think, uh, congratulations to you, sir. Nice little night for the rant. Here's trouble is by the cliff Wheeler band will be headlining first night of Carolina Indie Fest at Hugger Mugger Brewing in downtown Sanford on Friday, September 23rd. For more information about Carolina Indie Fest, visit www.huggermuggerbrewing.com. Another drunken part to play. A 
fell victim to that highway Jones. Now the roads become my home. It's the same, but it's different every day. Trouble is, I've been living life all wrong. Trouble is, I've been living out my song. Trouble is, I've been living life alone. Trouble is that I'm here and you're gone. So our guest this week is Cliff Wheeler of the Cliff Wheeler Band out of Lemon Springs, North Carolina, and um, we're glad to have Cliff back. Uh, Cliff, you're headlining Friday night at the Carolina Indie Festival, is that right? We are. We're excited about it, too. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Well, I wanted to uh, to start out by saying, you know, I first met you doing this interview um, probably about a year ago in the lead up to the 2020, uh, 2021 Indie Fest. And uh, I checked out your music. I enjoyed it. And then your set, you guys absolutely blew me away. Not that I didn't think your music was was great. It was. But your live performance, you guys really... I mean, you guys really brought the rock and it reminded me a lot of um, experiences I've had in places like Nashville where you see these these live acts that have, you know, yeah, the songs are country songs and there's no doubt about it. But there is a huge, you know, there's a rock element to it that that I, I guess you can only get live. And, I, you know, I've been meaning to ask you about that. You've got an absolute shredder of a lead guitar player. You guys just you you have a lot of energy live. I just wanted to, to chat about that with you, the, that sort of dichotomy or difference, I guess, between your, you know, your recorded output and, and your live show. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. We, um, we very much enjoy playing live and we do a ton of uh, live performances, but the, uh, yeah, we've actually um, talked about doing a live uh, album, you know, maybe doing like a greatest hits live kind of thing mm-hmm. um, because you're right. The studio uh, work, which we're very proud of, but the live shows just take it to a whole nother level. And um, yeah, you talk about the band. I've got an awesome, awesome band, Gary Orlando on lead guitar. My son, Garrett, 
on a bass guitar and Johnny Handy on the drums. And, um, you know, we love doing the, uh, the studio work, but uh, playing live is, is really where is the most enjoyable part of it for us. As we've talked about a little bit, um, you know, I'm getting ready for my own performance and, and that's a challenge after a lot of time off, but how much, how much work is that for you guys on a regular basis to stay that, to stay that tight and to stay that high energy? Um, well, it's honestly rehearsals a little difficult. Um, Garrett and Johnny both live along the coast. I split time between Lee County and the coast and then Gary's full time up here in Lee County, but we do enough live shows where, um, thankfully nowadays, uh, you know, we've been doing this, uh, with this lineup for a couple of years now. Um, and so we don't have to do a lot of, uh, full band rehearsals, but with a big show, you know, we'll typically get together and do a couple of nights, um, uh, in the, I have a barn here in Lee County, we call it the music barn and uh, we'll get out there and we'll, we'll, uh, spend a couple of evenings just, and we rehearse the whole set. We just don't go through songs. We just basically do our show in the barn. And uh, it works out pretty good for us. Uh, do you get any complaints from the neighbors? Or you got enough space that <laughs> that you, that you're secluded? Yeah, yeah. Luckily, we've got cool neighbors, and they're not too close. We live out in the country. I'm out uh, in Lemon Springs area, and so we've got a nice little buffer between us and the closest neighbors. And 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 thankfully, the the neighbors like what we play. So that could be uh, that could be bad if they didn't. <laughs> well, so. Um... You know, what's new for you over the past year? What's new since last year's Indie Fest? Uh, let's see. Um, well, we've uh, added a new EP called The Ring. We put it out in May, and uh, then we uh, went out on a, a short-run tour uh, out through Tennessee, down into Mississippi, the uh, Deep South uh, tour to support the, uh, the new EP. And um, we're uh, proud of it, and it's, it's done good. It's a departure. Uh, big departure from uh, from Wheeler or To the Bone, and uh, it's got five tracks on it, and each song is really a different genre uh, okay. from pure from pure country, uh, the the most country song we have ever done, to uh, the closing song is one that I had cut a demo on uh, about a year and a half ago during COVID. And um, when everything was shut down and so I cut a demo of it, just me and an acoustic guitar released it. But we went back and turned it into a full band song. And I like to call it uh, Willie Nelson meets Metallica. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's pretty cool. It's uh, uh, the name of that song is Farewell. And so we've done that. And uh, Garrett and I are currently in the studio recording another EP that uh, – we're just going to call Wheeler and son. And, um, it's just the two of us and acoustic guitars. And, um, we are recording, we did some rhythm tracks, but we did all, we're doing all that stuff ourselves. And, uh, we're pretty excited about it. And again, it's a departure from the, uh, from the regular Cliff Wheeler band stuff that people have come to expect, but not that we're getting too far away from that. We've already started writing for the, uh, fourth full band uh recording which uh we'll start working on in uh 2023 so you know we're staying busy man you know uh what is it they say uh grossed up my 
moss doesn't grow on a rolling stone. So That's right. we, we try to keep it going. How uh, how important is it to you to to be able to sort of explore those different sounds and different genres uh, as, as part of what you do? Uh, it's very important. You know, um, we uh, the first album, I really intended it for it to be uh, bluesier than it was uh, at the time that I was writing the songs for that album, uh, Wheeler. Um, I was actually the lead guitarist in a local blues band here in, uh, in Sanford, North Carolina called the fog. Okay. And, um, you know, we played the depot parking venues and stuff around. And, um, so I was sort of in that mode when I wrote the songs, but when we started recording them, the songs sort of, uh, changed during the recording process and, um, became more of a country rock southern rock kind of vibe to it but there's still if you go back and listen to the album there's uh there's a straight up uh piedmont blues acoustical uh tune on it um it's pretty cool but um but yeah you know not being uh pigeonholed into into one specific genre just gives you a lot of freedom to really express uh, what you're feeling at any given time right Right. You referenced, you know, when you guys are able to rehearse that you go through your whole set. But I mean, you've got these new, um, you know, a new EP out, another one on the way. How do you refine your set for these live performances you're doing? How do you how do you sneak new stuff in and, you know, balance that with people, you know, what people know and are expecting to hear? Um. Well, I'll just give you an example. You know, we were in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago for a couple of big shows. And um, so um, we did what I would call uh, sort of the greatest hits set, but we changed up the order of some of the tunes that we we uh, that we normally do. And we have a set that we just call the standard set. And so we, mm-hmm. we changed it up. But, you know, there's certain songs that uh, the audience is going to expect to hear. But we also want to get the new music in there, too. And so you just have to find the spots where between some of the songs that people are more familiar with that you can stick one of your new tunes in there and um, and and it still not bring the set down or change it up too much. It's still got that same vibe that you're going for. It's sort of like back. You know, I've always been a songwriter, and even back in the days where uh, I was uh, playing in cover bands, which I did for <laughs> decades, um, I always wrote my uh, songs for the bands that I was in. And we would always, even though we were a cover band, we try to find that spot during the night where you could stick in a couple of your own original tunes where the crowd right. wouldn't walk out on you. And because um, you know, back in the day, man, nobody wanted to hear mu- original music. They all wanted to hear what they were hearing on the radio. And so you just have to find that spot where you can slip a couple of them in and still keep the audience. Right. Right. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, I saw you the other night and in conversation, it came up that you were sort of instrumental in Indie Fest happening at all this year. And I mean, I guess that was the case last year you know, that you had had this relationship with the with the prior promoters and, and you connected them with Hugger Mugger. But, you know, I think that I think maybe there's a little bit of confusion about, you know, the cancellation of Wampus Cat and and all this. And I just I thought you might be a good person to chat with about, you know, how this 
came to 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 continue on and and you know why it's still going yeah sure um so tim and i um through uh timmy at hugger and i developed a relationship years ago um from he's a big supporter of independent music as 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 all the guys there at hug mugger are yeah. and um so he started um as one of the a few places in Lee County that actually wanted you to come in and not play covers and play yeah. your own music. And um, so Jeff and I sort of, uh, or excuse me, Tim and I sort of hit it off and, um, you know, the band started playing there some, and then he started talking about festivals. Well, we've played festivals all over the, uh, I would say the country, but really the Southeast United States. Yeah. Um, uh, and, through that, I made uh, and developed a relationship with Jeff from Indy On Air Records. And so uh, the, the original Carolina Indie Fest, Tim and I were talking and he was like, look, you know, I think that the city is ready to have a, a big music festival here. And, um, and we were kicking it around and I was like, well, look, I know people. So let me just do this. I'm going to introduce you to some of the people that I've worked with in the festivals that I've done and, you know, and doing what I do and the way that the band has been playing for the last few years, we've made a ton of connections and with everything from the production people to uh, just all the different aspects that it takes to put a festival on. And so I made those introductions and, by all accounts, uh, the first year was a success. Um, Absolutely. And everybody was just really happy about it. Well, then the promoter just uh, got in some financial, had some financial issues that they uh, couldn't recover from some of the losses that they took during the COVID shutdown. And, um, you know, and, and things just went south for them. Uh, uh, I personally think that they had uh, good intentions on everything they were trying to do. They just got in over their head. Mm -hmm. um, so fast forward, um, Wampus Cat fails, um, which was a big deal to everybody that was involved with it, uh, including the Cliff Wheeler band, because that knocked us out of uh, several shows that we had booked other festivals that we were going to be a part of. And so it was, it was a hit to us too. Yeah. But we were, um, you know, thinking about the Carolina Andy Fest and I was talking with uh, Scott White, who was uh, doing the production uh, for Carolina Andy Fest. And he's a good friend of ours and we do stuff with him. Uh, and, on a regular basis, just with the Cliff Wheeler band shows, not necessarily festivals. And then Scott was like, you know, man, we don't need to let this thing die on the vine, uh, meaning Carolina Indie Fest. And um, he said, you know, last year for first year uh, festival was uh, really successful. It, it, it was, everything was done for the right reasons. And he's like, we just need to see if we can't make something happen. Cause if we skip a year or, uh, then it's going to be really hard to get it started back up again. And so I called Tim up and I was like, you know, Scott and I've been talking and 
And, uh, you know, we're all in to pitch in and, and see if we can't make this thing happen. And so we, we got together and talked about it. And then one thing led to another. And obviously this year is way scaled down from last year, but, um, but we're looking for next year to be bigger than the original Carolina Indy Fest. And, you know, everybody, yourself included, is participating. Um, you know, there's been a few naysayers. Don't get the wrong idea. But generally speaking, everybody uh, has been very positive about making this thing happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's so important to keep that momentum and let people know they can expect it to happen because – the public is fickle, you know, and if you're not out there in front of them, they forget and move on to the next thing. So I'm excited at everything that you guys and Tim have, have, have done to make sure that this can continue on. So um, we've done this in the past, but do you want to just give people, you know, a quick um, reminder of where it is they can find your music? Sure. We're on uh, all the major platforms, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Pandora. Um, yeah, we're all on all the major platforms. You can check us out. Uh, we're on all the social medias, uh, Cliff Wheeler Band on Facebook, Mac Wheel Music uh, um, on Instagram, or excuse me, Cliff Wheeler Official on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Mac Wheel Music. Um, you can check our website out at www.cliffwheeler.us. Excellent. Excellent. Well, is there anything else that you want to say as far as, um, you know, people listening and what they can expect uh, out, of, out of your act at Carolina Indie Fest? Yeah, well, I just like to talk about the thing in general. I think this is going to be, uh, you know, there's some really good people that have come together to make sure that this happened. And I think it's going to be an awesome event. Um, like I said, it's going to be scale bound, but I think it's going to be really cool. And so I hope everybody will get out and support it and come check out these bands there. The, the, the talent is awesome. And, um, and because, uh, we were fortunate enough to be the closing act on, uh, on Friday night, we'll probably, uh, I think we've got an hour, a 60 minute set, uh, slot, but, um, as long as they don't shut us down, we'll probably go a little longer. Nice. And, uh, We'll try to hit uh, hit all the best Cliff Wheeler Band songs. This is Ode to a Hater by the Cliff Wheeler Band, who are headlining Friday, September 23rd at Carolina Indie Fest at Hugger Mugger Brewing in downtown Sanford. For more information about Carolina Indie Fest, visit www.huggermuggerbrewing.com. Mm-hmm.